Welcome to the Sandy Springs United Methodist Church Podcast, where we bring you weekly sermons that uplift your soul, strengthen your spirit, and praise the Lord. Whatever your reason for listening, we're grateful for you spending your time with us. May God open your heart to love and your ears to hear. You can be seated. Today's scripture is from Act 2, verses 1 through 21. The Holy Spirit comes at Pentecost. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be the tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment, because each one of them heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears in our own native language? Perithians, Medes, Elamites, residents of Mesotopia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt, and other parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs. We hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them. They have had too much wine. Then Peter stood up with the 11, raised his voice, and addressed the crowd fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem. Let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk, as you suppose. It is only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In these last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they will prophesy. I will show wonders in the heavens above and on the signs of the earth below, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of Lord, and everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. The word of God for the people to God. Thanks to God. In a recent medical study, researchers found that going to church could help you live longer. The conclusion from that study states, frequent attendance at religious services was associated with significantly lower risk of all-cause cardiovascular and cancer mortality. Religion and spirituality may be an underappreciated resource that physicians could explore with their patients as appropriate. So in light of this, thank you for extending your life today by being here in this place. We are together, and we are here. And Acts, over and over and over and over again, tells about how people were together, all together, everyone, even the names that are hard to pronounce in Acts. But being together in one place doesn't mean that they were all homogenous. It doesn't mean that they were all the same. The miracle of Pentecost was that they were all different. 
and yet they remained together, showing us that God is big enough to hold differences together. We can't, but God can. And that's the miracle of Pentecost. Like those on the day of Pentecost, we get perplexed over diversity, over difference, and we sneer when someone doesn't look, think, act, speak, sound, smell like we do. And when people get together and they understand one another, they have a good time. That's why someone said, they're just drunk. That was in the scripture reading that you heard today. They excused the good time, the revelry that these different people were having together by saying they're just drunk until one of the more sensible disciples said, no, 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 it's only nine o'clock in the morning. This isn't Saturday in Athens, Georgia. <laughs> they were filled not with wine, but with the Holy Spirit. The miracle of Pentecost is that diversity and unity converge for unified diversity. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to understand in different languages, the different tribes, the different clans. The thing about some of those tribes and clans that we read in Acts, no one had heard of them. They had been extinct or so far from the diaspora, the exodus of the Jewish people in Jerusalem that people did not think that it was possible for them to come together. And the diversity that's represented at that first Pentecost reminds us that you can only have unity if you start with diversity. If all you have is the same, then what you're left with is uniformity and not unity. Pentecost is really about the unity of the church amid great diversity. Uniformity means that everyone looks the same, acts the same, thinks the same. But then we'd worship ourselves, wouldn't we? We wouldn't be worshiping God. We'd be worshiping something in the shape of our own image. On a British Airways flight from Johannesburg, a middle-aged, well-off, white South African lady found herself sitting next to a black man. She called the flight attendant over about her seating and she said, what seems to be the problem, madam? Can't you see, she says, you've sat me next to a black person. I can't possibly sit next to this disgusting human being. Find me another seat. Please calm down, madam, the stewardess replied. This flight is very full today, but I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll go and check to see if we have any seats available in the rest of the cabin. The woman, feeling very self-righteous about herself, gave a snooty look to her seat neighbor and then to everyone else around her. The stewardess returned and said, Madam, unfortunately, as I suspected, economy is full. I've spoken to the cabin services director and club is also full. However, we do have one seat available in first class. And the lady gathered her belongings and got to get up, but the stewardess continued, it is most extraordinary to make this kind of upgrade. However, I had to get special permission from the captain, but given the circumstances, the captain felt it outrageous that someone be forced to sit next to someone of such distasteful disposition. And with that, she turned to the black man sitting next to her and said, sir, if you'd get your things, your seat is ready in first class. 
And the woman put her belongings disappointedly back into her chair, and the cabin erupted in applause as this man made his way to first class. God's way flips our expectations on its head. Those who we think do not deserve the calling become worthy of the calling because they are able to understand and to be understood. That's what diversified unity looks like. God's church enacts border crossings and not the constructions of border walls. The way that God builds the church, the people of God, is by sending them out, not bringing them in. The church becomes the body of Christ, becomes more whole, more excellent, more stronger, more faithful to the gospel, more beautiful when it diversifies itself, not just locally, but globally. And the irony is that the church unifies when it diversifies. There has to be diversity to talk of unity. The beauty of Pentecost, of Acts chapter 2, is that it continues the story. It reminds us that there is a presence that was there throughout time, a spirit, a breath that was there for us. In Genesis chapter 17, the Tower of Babel is built because people think that if we can build a tower as close to God, this monumental tower, then surely God will bestow upon us God's good fortune. Instead, God sees God's people conniving and conspiring to become like God. And God does something very mischievous. He divides them into tongues so they cannot understand one another. But in Pentecost, the divided languages are come together. They're brought together. And not just to speak differently, but to hear and to understand when we think of tongues, we often make the assumption that it's just speaking in tongues, glossolalia as the Greek refer to it, the ability to speak in different languages other than our own native tongue. But the more accurate translation is xenolalia, an understanding, a hearing. And the question for us is, are we speaking so that we can't be understood, or are we taking the time to listen? And when we do speak... Will we speak our differences or will we speak our sameness? Will we speak about the unique gifts that each one of us has that God has given us? Or will we talk about the ways in which we are so alike in our thinking and everyone who doesn't think like us must be stuck? If we don't speak our own tongue, we will not be able to offer the body of Christ the fullness of what God has given us. And if we don't take the time to listen, we may never understand the beauty and the depth and the mystery of Christ's holy church. The church is facing many problems, many divisions, many areas where the church is failing to be a church, but the church is not a problem. The church is a mystery. A problem is something that you can solve, that you can get at logically, that you can put together task force and committees, but when a church is a mystery, it's something that you live into. A mystery is something that you cannot walk away from. A problem you can leave ungraded on a test. You may not pass, but you can walk away from it. A mystery involves your participation somehow. Getting to know the depths and the richness of that which you are serving. 
And we think, therefore, and we see, therefore, that diversity is not a problem. It allows us to live into the mystery of the faith. The diversity that we see at Pentecost is the gift from God. The church, if the church is not diverse, then it's just a glorified social club. In Acts, they were all together in their multiplicity. All means all. Diversity, yet one. Parthians, Medes, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, and Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, and the Asians. All flesh proclaiming their uniqueness and their diversity. And proclaiming their oneness in God. All human flesh on whom the Spirit poured out God's goodness. Sons, daughters, young men, old men, slaves, women. All people created in one place. When you speak your own language, will you speak authentically? Or will you try to pander to those like you or around you? Will you allow your gift of diversity to be shared? And will you share in others as they bring it? There's a saying that if you want to go fast, go alone. But if you want to go far, go together. And Pentecost offers that powerful testimony because they were all together but not all the same. The world wants us to live fast, to go far, to become something greater than we are, but God wants us to get there together. Jimmy Durante was one of the great entertainers of the 20th century, and I read an article this week that he was asked to be part of a show for World War II veterans. He told the organizers that his schedule was very busy and all he could afford was only a few moments to do a short monologue, and then he had to run on and immediately leave for his next appointment. The show's director agreed and was just happy to get anything from this iconic performer of the 20s and 30s, this vaudevillian character. And when Jimmy got on stage, however, something interesting happened. He performed his short monologue, and as the applause began, he stayed. And he kept telling more jokes and doing more monologues, and the applause grew louder and louder, and he kept staying 15 minutes and then 20 minutes and then 30 minutes. Finally, he took his last bow and left the stage. And the promoter stopped him and said, I thought you had to go after a few minutes. We're grateful that you stayed, but, but what happened? And Jimmy answered, I did have to go, but I can show you the reason I stayed. You can see for yourself if you'll look down on the front row. And there on the front row were two men, each of whom had lost an arm in the war. One had lost his right arm, one had lost his left arm, but together they were able to clap. And that's exactly what they were doing, and that's what kept Jimmy on stage for 15 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes. Because together we will be able to do a work that we could never do by ourselves. Left and right, liberal, conservative. Together we are able to be diverse and to be unified as Christ makes us one. And when we are together with our differences, with our honesty, 
with our brokenness, with our humility, God's Spirit shows up and pours out the breath of life on us. Not in flaming tongues or descending doves, but in the way that we agree to disagree and to keep moving forward. God dwells in us. God dwells in you. You, the diverse temple of the Holy Spirit. What we do together, we do in our diversity, in our brokenness, in our humanity. What we do in this place is not solve problems, but live into the mystery of Christ. Will we continue to join in the mystery of the church, or will we see the church as a problem? To coin a popular phrase, I've got 99 problems, but the church ain't one. We are here, and we are together, and we have lived into the mystery as we have celebrated the lives of saints. Four services this week alone to come together in spite of our differences to remember the people who made us who we are. I don't know what anyone's last thought may be, but I doubt anyone's last dying breath says, at least I was loyal to my political party. At least I was loyal to my personal ideologies. When we celebrate life of the saints, we celebrate the diversity. This week in the life of the church, we prepared and shared a meal with those who come to Feed and Seed following our service. We sat at tables with those different from us, and we watched each other share conversation and bread and fellowship. This past week, we hosted Three Families and Family Promise, a ministry that we partner with that houses families going through housing crisis and keeps families together and off the streets and out of shelters where children as young as 12 and 13 years old are put into rooms with grown adults. We've partnered as a church with our Jewish neighbors from B'nai Torah and watched as members from our church talked with members from the synagogue and shared hugs and tears and laughter and understanding. We've seen children play in the gym, nurtured in the preschool, playing sports on the fields that weren't there a year ago. We've heard beautiful music in this place filled with instruments and voices as the Psalms instruct us to make a joyful noise. We've seen forgiveness. We've seen reconciliation. We've experienced tears and we've cried and we've prayed. We've seen youth join the church on profession of faith during confirmation and lead us in worship. The children who offer us a telling of the story in new ways. Adults participating in outreach, in studies. Being the body and the hands and the feet of Christ first to be at your doorstep when something goes wrong. Not to solve your problems, but to experience the mystery together. So what's next as we watch the mystery unfold? Where will God lead us? Hopefully not into some homogenous club or cult where we're nothing more than a glorified social club with dues that are less than a country club. Hopefully we'll participate in something in a way that means more to us than our cable bill. Hopefully we'll be in a place where our generosity lives through us in our lives and shows up not only when we do, but when we gather and pray and sit and breathe. Breathe the mystery that God creates in each of us 
that celebrates the diversity and the unity that we have in Christ Jesus. Because we do not solve the problems. We live into the mystery. That is the beauty and the gift of the church that was, the church that is, and the church that is to come in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Leslie and Davis, why don't you, will you come up too, please? Thank you. We just want to take a minute to honor the whole Martin family. Um, before I do, when we were thinking about this, this event and uh, everything that surrounds it. We were planning on having reception out on the front lawn and uh, because of weather and everything else, that's gonna be a little challenging. So we're moving it down to the fellowship hall um, below, below us here. And so uh, if you will, if you have time, um, it'll be a great opportunity to visit personally um, and just to celebrate together as a church family um, the service and life of the Martins and wish them their best in their journey beyond us um, and uh, we'll have a, a PA system that'll be there if anybody wants to share remarks so for instance if there are any University of Georgia fans here that want to address uh, <laughs> Pastor Martin's uh, comments today that, that would be an appropriate time to do that um, and I'm going to stick with trying to read this just to keep everything uh, on track if I can so uh, that's a good idea thank you <laughs> if you would just have a seat that makes me feel better too <laughs> if I had a chair back here I think I would sit down too um, so Thomas and Leslie Davis Mills and Mary Ellis we are so thankful uh, that you forever become a part of our church family and for your faithful service these past four years it's hard to believe that's all that it was, but it was. Um, your time here has been a blessing in every way for the entire church. When it was announced that you were coming to Sandy Springs, United Methodist Church, we knew it would not be a forever thing, as it never quite seems to be that way with the United Methodist Church. That said, we were hopeful that it would be longer than it was, but we're very thankful for those years that we had together. I knew right away that we were going to be on the receiving end of a real blessing as everyone I knew at Peachtree Road Methodist, which some of which are here today, were universally pleased for us that we were receiving you into our congregation, but deeply saddened that they were losing you as an associate minister with their church because you had worked their way, your way into their hearts and the fabric of your lives just as you have in ours. And sadly, we now stand in their shoes as we are on the more difficult end of that bargain and we prepare to release you to greater service in Fayetteville and beyond. You and your family arrived here in the summer of 2015, just four short years ago, and they have been eventful ones for our church as we've continued to do so many of the things that you addressed in your sermon today. We found a way to 
as an established but sometimes overlooked church being located at the center of a new and growing city and continue to fulfill and grow important ministries in Sandy Springs and find new ways to gain relevance in the daily lives of our friends and neighbors. We forge new relationships in Sandy Springs and beyond and we've expanded our ministries, our activities, and our reach with new people throughout the community in ways that we didn't necessarily anticipate. We've ta tackled difficult resource issues and to develop plans to position our church for the future for its growth and service. Your time at Sandy Springs United Methodist has been full of substance and you've helped establish our feet on a path which has new beginnings, many of which remain to be completed. We are very thankful. We have all certainly grown a little older over these past four years. And I hope and believe that we are more wise than when you arrived. I know we sincerely seek to be more loving and compassionate. We are more energized. We have growing faith that God will use us to achieve his purpose in this community. And we have great hope for what lies ahead. Those are solid conditions for a pastor to establish a church and prepare to move on. Thank you. We are truly thankful for having enjoyed being under your leadership and for having the opportunity to serve together in this congregation of the United Methodist Church. We're thankful for having been a part of your family and you a part of ours. We're thankful for having had the opportunity to laugh and enjoy the good times and for having been comforted by you following the loss of so many of our church members and loved ones for having benefited from your calming nature and godly viewpoint on weighty events in the world which have threatened to steal our peace and create anxiety. We're thankful for your teaching, your care, and your love, but most importantly, we're thankful that you've led us closer to God and our lasting relationship with him. Having said all that, we have a couple of tokens of appreciation that we'd like to express our love and gratitude as best we can. So first, um, and Lisa's helping. Thank you. Thank you to everybody who's been a part of this planning and for this moment. Um, for the children, um, have some photo albums that are uh, really to commemorate their memories of time here in the church and for Mary Ellis's book that would be important. For Thomas, it's a simple plaque for you to commemorate your years of service at Sandy Springs United Methodist, and I hope it finds a place in your new office or other location where on occasion it will remind you of your time and efforts spent on this church, and that will remind you of this congregation and the care and love that is and was exchanged between us. Uh, Leslie, I know we got a, uh, a certificate to visit uh, for some relaxation and uh, <laughs> pampering at your new home and we hope that you take advantage of that I know you are ready for it <laughs> and finally uh, we have a gift from the congregation which was the result of an offering taken for you and your family and while it can't begin to fully express our appreciation and love for you and your family please accept it knowing that we are all incredibly grateful to you and praying and hoping for the very best for you in Fayetteville please know that you have a permanent home in Sandy Springs and among this congregation. If you will, please st stand with me and thank the Martins for.
know you want to leave a little different benediction today, and I'm going to leave it to you to introduce that. Yeah. And we as a church. The benediction is printed in your order of service. I invite you to find that and join with us as we say it together. May the peace of Christ go with you wherever he may send you. May he bring you home rejoicing once again into our arms. And may the love of God, the peace of Christ, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you now and always. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Sandy Springs United Methodist Church Podcast. We hope that you have found our podcast helpful and hope to be in ministry not only to you, but with you. For more information about Sandy Springs United Methodist Church, please visit www.ssumc.org. Until next time, may God bless you.